So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I gotta mute my own phone here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Anyway, I want to welcome you all to today's edition. This is a very, this edition of the show, honestly, you guys. Um, you're going to want to share it out. And then when Randall and I get the PowerPoints and the PDFs of all this um, fixed up for you, you're going to definitely want to get these downloads. Because uh, the stuff that we're going to be talking about today is coming right from this book. It's called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s. This was written in the mid-80s by two homosexual activists. Everything that we're going to share with you today on this show is a direct quote from this book, thereby quoting their source material and showing you exactly how homosexuality was marketed to America. If you're a Christian, part of our job, believe it or not, is to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness, Ephesians 5.11 might see that every time you watch our show if you log in at the beginning because that really is kind of the call on my life really it's kind of annoying to be honest gets old doing this job but somebody has to do it so it's me and uh and I actually loved and enjoyed putting this together but I have to tell you that after spending immersed couple hours in this material and typing out the powerpoints you're going to see and listening to the commentary and seeing all this stuff And then knowing what the heck I have to deal with personally from Christians in the church who are like, oh, well, how come you're such a bigot? Irritates me. Just so you know. Truly does, people. But you know what? That's all right. I'm here and I got something in my eye. Darn it. Your finger, perhaps? (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for sharing this out on Periscope, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're at. Please share it out. Okay, so what we're going to do today first is I am going to share with you a story uh, about a homosexual who was beaten pretty badly. I'm going to read you the story from a gay website, uh, and then we're going to look at a couple other things, and then I'm going to jump into this. So, you know what? If you're a note taker, you're going to want to take some notes, just so you know. And uh, like I said, we will get these slides out to you as soon as we can. All right? Okay. Thank you so much, people. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this down here. Okay, here we are. And just say hi to everybody coming in. You know what? Thank you for coming in, really. It means a lot to me. You guys have no idea. I mean, I spend a lot of time putting this together, uh, and it's because I really, really want you to see this info. I mean, especially those of you who are in the younger generation, who you've been completely saturated with this your whole life. Um, you got to see how this was marketed to you. And if you're an older person and you're one of these people who likes to go, eh, yeah, why don't you just let gay people alone and leave them alone, etc., blah, blah, then <laughs> I'm going to say something to you. And I'm going to say, come here, let me smack you upside the head because you've been indoctrinated if you're thinking that way. All right. I don't mean to sound mean, but, you know, I'm 
God made me me. <laughs> Just saying, okay? Uh, Kyle, good. You're in the younger generation. Good for you. Okay. All right. So I want to, uh, I'm going to read you an article. And I didn't give this to Randall, so you're just going to have to listen to me read it. Okay, this comes off from LGBTQNation.com. And you can go and you can look this up yourself. It's titled, A Gay Man Lost an Ear in a Brutal Beating That Almost Left Him Dead. Before I go on, let me just say this. As a Christian and just a decent human being in general, I condemn anybody beating the crap out of anybody. Okay? Just saying gay, straight, whatever. I don't care. Nobody should be hitting anybody or beating anybody up, okay? For any reason. Violence is not the answer. And of course, we can debate the topic of war at some other time, but that's not what we're talking about here. I'm reading you this article because I want you to hear how it is marketed, okay? So listen to this. A gay man lost an ear in a brutal beating that almost left him dead. That's the title. Police say that a gay man in New York suffered extensive injuries and almost died after he was beaten this past weekend. Albany police arrested uh, Hubert Dabbs, who is 37, in connection with the beating of a gay man. <clears throat> police say that this past Saturday at around 3 p.m., Dabbs repeatedly stomped on the victim's head on the steps of an apartment complex. They responded to a report of an unconscious person and bystanders were able to point police to where Dabbs went and he was immediately arrested. A bloody footprint was found on the apartment building steps. He was almost dead, said uh, Guryam Singh, who owns a small store near where the attack happened. Uh, Singh's surveillance cameras caught the beating on video. Without reason, he just started beating him up, he said. He was kicking him in the forehead. The victim su suffered severe facial fractures, lacerations in the head, and swelling in his brain. And he also lost one of his ears in the attack. His condition is no longer considered life-threatening by the hospital that's treating him. So that's good. It means he's going to fortunately survive, uh, which is a good thing, you know. Police say, say that Dabs and the victim knew each other, but didn't specify how. They believe that the attack was motivated, motivated by anti-gay bias. It's believed that Mr. Dabbs was assaulting the man due to his sexual orientation being that the victim is homosexual, an Albany police spokesperson said. Dabbs has been charged with attempted murder and with a hate crime enhancement. The guy was very nice, Singh said of the victim. He always came by and bought beers, beers and soda. He never bothered nobody. Some, something to this degree in the middle of the afternoon is really chilling, said Martha Harvey, executive director of the Capital Region Pride Center. It also has a way of permeating the entire community. It makes everyone feel unsafe, he added. Did you guys catch it? Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Because if you didn't catch it, let me point it out. There is zero proof, zero proof from anybody that the guy that beat up this homosexual was anti-gay. Zero zero. It says here, police said that the victim knew each other, but didn't specify how they believe that the attack was motivated by anti-gay bias. There's zero proof there. They knew each other. They could have been homosexual partners, right? They could have been business partners for all we know. There, there could have been any number of 
you know, of circumstances around this, right? Just so you know, okay? So I'm just pointing this out because this is how homosexuality is marketed, and this is how the writing, if you're not careful at what you read, you can go, oh, my gosh, that guy beat the crap out of him because he was gay. And yet, you know, I could tell you story after story after story that I've reported on for well over a decade, almost closer to 15 years, uh, about homosexual acts on homosexuals that have, that have been hate crimes. They, they commit hate crimes against their own community. All right? And that's not a popular thing to say, but I'm just saying, like, pull off your, your blinders here and, and look at how this is being marketed. First of all, it's on a homosexual website, so duh, hello, you got the bias there. And second of all, it's also, it, it says it, it, it was, they believe the attack was motivated by, by anti-gay bias. Well, there was another story I read, I haven't actually read it on the show, but there was another story I read this week on the same website that actually talks about how there was this big, massive anti-gay, another beating that took place. And, and then because supposedly there was info on the guy's phone that he was anti-gay hater, you know, that was why. But there's zero proof. They didn't put any proof. There's zero proof. So, again, you know, we got to use our thinking caps, as Janet Parshall would say, uh, when we're reading this stuff. And... And realize that every human life God created in his image, right? Every single life God created in his image. You're in his image. I'm in his image. Animals are not in God's image. Just so you know, they are lower life forms. We are the higher life forms. And that's why the enemy hates us because we have the stamp of God's approval on us. And I'm going to remind you here that God does not lie. His word is holy. His word is true, and when it comes to the sin of homosexuality, God condemns it. He calls it an abomination. God is holy, and a holy God condemns an abomination. Okay, And let's just say it. Look, the Bible says lying is also an abomination and some other things, but that's not what we're talking about in this show. We're talking about the sin of homosexuality. The Bible does say that God, um, you know, well, this is what he says. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 12, he says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will, will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay, don't miss that, people. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, I read this because previously in this chapter, it says here in verse 9, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you people. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Okay? Really, Rover? My, my dog wants to play right now. Anyway, so, so the point is, is that God made us his temples of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we sin sexually in our body or, in, or any of these other ways that he lists here, there is hope for those who struggle with homosexuality or any of these other sins, right? There's hope because the Bible said such were some of you people and some of you in this audience actually fall into that category, okay? Uh, Jesus is Lord and he loves us. And I'm just going to tell you that uh, when you really look at how homosexuality has been marketed to America, when you really look at it, like I'm going to show you, um, it, it, well, if you're like me, it will make you mad first and then break your heart second because we have been so deceived in the church, especially when the church has been uh, sedated into not actually addressing the issue. And hello out there. Uh, thank you for calling. I'm cute, huh? Okay, well, thank you. Well, are you calling me cute? Well, aw. well anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit irritated at the moment. Okay, anyway. I'm going to say hi to everybody blanketly today. Hello, everybody, blanketly. Okay, I'm glad you're all here. Okay, so um, so before we get in, though, let me remind you, Ariel Ministries uh, sponsors our show. We have a brand new Bible study on the website. It's called uh, The Rapture of the Church. I would love for you to go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and download that, uh, the rap that PDF. If you're actually on my email list, I emailed it already to you today, so you can just check your email and click it that way. And also, the book this month that they uh, are offering is uh, Israel Betrayed. And that's about um, re replacement theology and how Israel has basically been neglected. And we're going to get to that in a couple other shows. But, um, but for now, those are the two resources I want you to get. And if you, if you haven't yet joined my text message list, uh, you can text 33222. You might be able to text 55222. I'm not really sure because they switched it. So I'm going to double check on that. So if you are not on my text message list yet, please message me some other way, your phone number, and I'll add you. All right, so let's get into today's lesson, part five of the marketing of homosexuality to America. Today we're titling this, The Strategy of Waging Peace, Eight Practical Principles for the Persuasion of Straits from the book, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s by Marshall Kirk and Hunter uh, Madsen. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the three principles. There's eight. I only got through three of them because I figured, well, first of all, there's a lot. It took me two hours to get through three of these. Okay. Just so you know. So uh, principle number one is don't just express yourself, communicate. So what this means here, and I paraphrase, I paraphrase this, is this is the idea uh, the, the idea here is that self-expression in private for the gay person uh, is normal for the gay person. Um, it's done in isolation. So, you know, uh, for, for example, you know, um, you know, admiring themselves or something. I don't know. Um, but 
the point here is that in order to persuade the straight world, uh, the gay community has to outwardly communicate that they are gay uh, in public and they have to be proud of it. Now, now you would think, like, you're probably going, duh, Stacey. I mean, that's why the gay, par the gay pride parades exist. That's exactly why the gay pride parade parades exist. It's actually out laid, laid out here in the book. Um, that's exactly, you know, how, you know, the whole purpose of the gay pride parade, the whole purpose of, of gay pride month when Obama was in office is for the homosexual world to go out into the whole world and to say, hey, we're here, yay, we're gay, and, every, and, and everything, and you're supposed to celebrate us like we're celebrating ourselves. And the interesting thing that the author here actually talks about in his book is he talks about how they're doing it in order to deal with their shame. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting to me that they're doing it to deal with their shame because they inherently know that it's not approved of God, their conscience convicts them. So on page 174, we see the following quote from After the Ball. Communication then, not self-expression, is the base of a mass media campaign. To achieve it, every public message in the campaign should be the direct result of gays having put themselves in the public's binding high-button shoes and asked, if I were straight and felt the hostility most straights feel towards gays, what would it take to get me to change my anti-gay feelings? Okay, so this is the question in mind for those who, um, you know, are, are marketing homosexuality to America. That was the question, right? What would it take to get me to change my anti-gay feelings? And let me ask you this. What would it take... What would it take for you if you're somebody like me who opposes homosexuality as a, a sinful behavior? What would it take to convince you that it's actually normal and okay? That's what the marketers had in their mind when they began marketing this. He goes on to say, an essential corollary of this communication rule is that straights must be helped to believe that you and they speak the same language. They must become convinced that, despite a key difference, which is sexual orientation, you and they nevertheless share enough ideas and values so that dialogue can proceed in a meaningful and fruitful way. So, you know, here it is. Again, the main point of this communication tactic is that the, that the straights, we must be helped to believe that they that me and the gay community, we speak the same, same language. Remember what I told you before, that he who controls the language controls the conversation, right? So the term sexual orientation, the author here used it. There's no th such thing as sexual orientation, everybody. I've stated this before. This is lingo made up by the homosexual lobby to convince the world that, that you can have however many different sexual feelings or partners or whatever the heck it is that you want. You lean this way, you lean that way. That's made up. It's completely made up. And you're going to see, you're going to see some of this later. So the idea here is that we're going to just meet you on the same ground, right? That's the tactic. All right, principle number two. So number one, just to recap, is basically um, don't express yourself basically in private gay community. We want you to communicate with everybody in the world so that they know that you're here. And we're going to try to do it through the marketing that we talked about before, desensitization, jamming, and the other tactics in order to make the straight community 
go, oh, there's really no big difference between us. The reality is there is a big difference. All right, so principle two. Now, this is an interesting one. It took me some time to get through this chapter, uh, this principle. Principle two is seek ye not the saved nor the damned. Appeal to the skeptics. And so here what I did was I went ahead and I, I uh, broke down the three categories that they were talking about in this section. So, and I'll just break them down here. So the author basically breaks them down into three categories. The first category is the, an, uh, the intrans, intransent, okay, I can say this, intransigent, say it, Randall. Really? Intransigence. Yeah. And I, I actually listened to dictionary.com, so I can actually say it, and I still can't say it. I tried. Intransigence. Did I say it right? Yes. Okay, so basically an intransigent is a person who refuses to agree or compromise. So basically that would be somebody like me. I would fall into that category because I'm not going to compromise on this issue. Uh, at the time this was written, the correlation was it's about 30 to 35% of the population. And so how they were targeting the intransigents, my category, would be, you know, their goal is to silence us. To, to, because we're haters. They're not interested in converting us or desensitizing us. They're interested in silencing us. This faction of the population that's just like, no matter what, homosexuality is sin, you are, you know, this isn't good for you, etc. Um, I'm not going to say this is good. I'm not going to rejoice with you. Their goal is to silence us. You know how they're doing it? And he doesn't elaborate about this at, at this point in the book. But just looking back over the last 30 years, you know how they're doing it. They they throw people like me in jail. Kim Davis, she's one. She wouldn't be silenced. My friend Coach Dave Dobbemeyer, he wouldn't be silenced. I know people in Canada who've been thrown in jail. My friend Peter LaBarbera from Americans for Truth About Homosexuality, he, he was thrown in jail. Uh, you know, Matt Barber over at barbwire.com. My friend Linda Harvey from Mission America. I mean, I could list a whole bunch more people. None of us are going to be silent. We are in that intransigent category. We believe wholeheartedly God's word. We're not going to be swayed. So their goal is to silence us. And how do they do that? Uh, the cake bakers, right? Lawsuits, you know, send the gay community in to uh, harass them and file a lawsuit against them. Oh, if we can't, you know. And do you think Aaron and Melissa Klein are going to be silenced about this issue? They lost their whole career. Melissa's Sweet Cakes by, by Melissa was shut down by the gay lobby. Uh, because Aaron and her refused to do a, a wedding cake for a couple. Okay, so they silenced them effectively, silenced them, their company, their way of living. That's that was their goal, and they do it in a very mean and vicious way. Although um, you know they would never admit that openly. Okay, the second category is the friends of the gays, which are 23 to 30 percent of the population. These again are estimates. This was what was in in the book. And the friends, the way that they were going to target the friends of the homosexuals already was basically they wanted to agitate their friends enough to get them mobilized, to get out there and be activists, right? So, um, which makes complete sense, right? Part of my job here, if I'm being honest and transparent, is if you're my friend here of Bible News Radio, my goal in sharing this presentation with you is to get you agitated enough to go out and share it with somebody, to say, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was happening, and look what Stacy just uncovered in this book, and how we've been duped all these decades, right? And that's my goal, is to get you motivated to go share it. 
you should put a one if you're gonna because I really hope you do all right but the third category which is what the title of this here is is actually talking about seek ye not the saved nor the damned appeal to the skeptics that the third category is the skeptic and this is approximately 34 to 45 percent of the population and the goal here is to win over the ambivalent skeptics to their side and note the word ambivalence because if you're ambivalent you're easiest way just so I don't care what did you say something <laughs> you know does this shirt look good on me I don't care red or blue I don't care you know it, it's like whatever I don't care attitude so these are more or less passionately negative about homosexuality as well as those who are ambivalently ambivalently positive towards civil rights for all but they have a weak stomach for homosexuality so they they're they're like opposed to homosexuality but they don't like they buy the motive card like well you know everybody needs to have equal rights or whatever everybody does by the way have equal rights it's just been marketed that homosexuals don't have civil rights which is a line of baloney um, you know it I know it so on page 177 it says this every skeptic is a candidate for desensitization. It may turn out, however, that passive negatives can be reached only by desensitization, further sedating those who already don't care much either way, whereas ambivalent positives, those already emotionally torn, may respond more favorably to jamming and conversion techniques in addition to desensitization. So there you go. Those are the three techniques we already talked about before. Jamming, conversion, and desensitization. Those are the the topics now in the next slide this chart was actually in the book so I did my best to put it on the slide so you have the intransigence the ambivalent skeptics and then friends and then you have the arrows that like with underneath intransigence you see silence under ambivalent skeptics you see desensitize jam and convert those are the topics that you use for that main category and then the friends under that you see mobilize and that's exactly what they've done exactly to a T that is exactly what they've done I don't know how well I did on that but up there it says passive negative and ambivalent and positive so these you know this is just kind of a little bit about that so um, this is exactly what they've done and they've done a great job at it all right so principle three and this is the last one we're gonna look at today um, and I'm going to just take a second here, see if there's any comments anywhere on Facebook. I see Sylvia and Darren. Thank you guys for being there. Appreciate you guys um, being there because um, it means a lot to me that you're there. Um, and thanks for that one. I see, I see that one. Okay. All right. So principle three is keep talking. And you're going to love this. So it says here, the third principle is our recipe for desensitizing ambivalent skeptics. That is for helping straights view homosexuality with neutrality rather than keen hostility. At least at the outset, we seek desensitization and nothing more. You can forget about trying right up front to persuade folks that homosexuality is a good thing, but if you can get them to think it is just another thing, meriting no more than a shrug of the shoulders, then your battle, battle for legal and social rights is virtually won. So that's, that's continued on this, the thing, but keep it on there. Okay, so again, this, here the author is targeting those ambivalent skeptics 
people who are ambivalent. And think about it, you guys. I mean, just think about it. They keep talking about homosexuality, you know, and the whole goal is to get straight people to just see this as, you know, it's a neutral issue. There's nothing deviant or unnatural or abnormal about homosexual behavior or feelings. It's perfectly normal, you know. So if we can convince the skeptics, those ambivalent few, you know, to uh, just see it as a neutral thing, you know, in the beginning, and we can do that, then we can persuade them that it's a good thing. All right, let me ask you something. If it is a good thing, why does there have to be persuasion about it? I mean, as a heterosexual, I'm not walking around going, oh my gosh, it's awesome being a heterosexual and being awesomely married to my, my bare-faced husband. This is such a good thing. I'm, I mean, I'm not marketing that my marriage is awesome because I have to convince you it's a good thing. I just live my life the way that God makes me live it. And just walk around and I hope and pray that God, everybody sees it's a good thing. But here, again, it's the marketing of this. They know innately that it's not good. They know it's shameful, which is why we just mentioned the thing that we just mentioned, because they know it. That's why they're out there dancing around in their underwear and gay pride parades, because they're trying to shake off that innate thing, the conscience that God gave them. But... Um, if you can get them to think it's just another thing, meriting no more than a shrug of the shoulders, then your battle for legal and social rights is virtually won, and they did it. They did it skillfully. They go on to say here, application of the keep talking principle can get people to the shoulder, shoulder shrug stage. The free and frequent discussion of gay rights by a variety of persons in a variety of places gives the impression that homosexuality is commonplace and I'll never forget and I dare you guys go the, those of you who are who are actually informed about how much what percentage of the population identifies as gay lesbian bisexual transgender it's it's one to three percent people one to three percent of the population falls into that category go today or tomorrow or whenever you meet somebody who doesn't watch our show and ask them, just out of curiosity, just say, hey, just out of curiosity, what percentage of the population do you think homosexuality is? I asked my neighbor in California when, um, when I was living next door to her before we both moved. I asked her, I said, I asked her that question. And, she, and her response was, I don't know, 40% of the population? I said, really? And she said, oh, yeah, it's all over TV. It, everywhere. It's, it's all, that's all, all people talk about. 40% of the population. So there's this perception that 1% to 3% of the population is 40% of the population. That's great marketing, people. Great marketing. I dare you to do that and ask yourself because basically they marketed the idea that, um, you know, that if they keep talking about it over and over again, it's going to give the impression that, hom that homosexuality is commonplace. When in reality, it's not. And then it says here on page 178, this quote, The fastest way to convince straights that homosexuality is commonplace is to get a lot of people talking about the subject in a neutral or supportive way. Open, frank talk means gayness, or rather makes gayness seem less furtive, also that means secretive, alien, and sinful, which interestingly they put that in there, uh, 
more above board. Constant talk builds the impression that public opinion is at least divided on the subject and that a sizable block the most modern up-to-date citizens accept or even practice homosexuality. Right? Okay, so again, here it is, the guy, the gay guy that wrote this, he, he knew exactly what he was talking about. If we get the, the straight community to begin talking about homosexuality, this, you know, this is basically, this is it. Talk about it in a neutral or supportive way because open talk makes gayness seem less secretive, alien, you know, and sinful. Which tells you what? Homosexuality by nature is secretive, alien, and sinful. Don't miss it. They tell you what it is in the book. But they're trying to convince you that it's exactly the opposite. And you'll see this in, the next, uh, in this next quote here. On page 178, he, the author goes on to say, The main thing is to talk about gayness until the issue becomes thoroughly tiresome. By the way, that was italicized in the book. And most of these things that are I'm that is italicized or bolded actually was in the book. Uh, for some of these, I, I emphasized it, but but that was specifically italicized. The main thing is to talk about gayness until the issue becomes thoroughly tiresome. And I can tell you, as your sweet and lovable host of this show, I am so sick of talking about this topic. But the reason I talk about it is because I'm trying to shake the church out of its complacency, complacency and ambivalence about the topic and get you educated so that you know what the heck is going on here, what's happened. They go on to say, and when we say talk about homosexuality, we mean just that. In the early stages of the campaign, the public should not be shocked and repelled by premature exposure to homosexual behavior itself. Instead, the imagery of sex, per se, should be downplayed. Now, if you've watched me for any length of time, you already know this. I went to a, a conference for therapists led by a lesbian lady, a psychologist, and the first thing she said when I went into one of the workshops was, never say the word homosexuality. Why do you think I say it then? Because this is what she said, because homosexuality suggests sex. And we don't want anybody to, 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 to look at the behavior of homosexuality. Instead, what they've done is they've marketed it the exact opposite. It's like, oh, it's just a feeling. It's an orientation. It's a feeling in your brain. It has nothing to do with your physical body. I'm, I mean, it's ridiculous what they've done. And, and yet they've done it. They have absolutely done it. And it's interesting to me that 30 years later, as this has been marketed to our country, that now TV shows, uh, you know, that would have never had a homosexual character or homosexual behavior in it, it's so commonplace. Everybody's like, whatever. Yeah, every show has a gay character. Yeah, on purpose. Some shows, it's all gay characters, right? I mean, coming out on TV is like so natural. It's like everybody does it. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? Because they've done it and they've marketed it, you know, so, so cleverly. And I guarantee you, if you're honest, that if you have, if you're, if you are, if you happen to be somebody who is, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, uh, somebody who frequents regular TV, I, I don't, that doesn't sound right, but somebody who watches regular TV and there's homosexual characters in there, gay men, just as an example, Brokeback Mountain, you know, that was kind of edgy for its day. But you know what? Two men kissing now. What? What? Who cares? Whatever. We've seen so much of it. It's no big deal. 
two women kissing. Who cares? Eh, whatever. That's so normal. You know, I, I was watching a TV show, in fact, not too long ago, and um, I f forgot the name of it, but it was on Hulu. Really good show. It's about law and some people in a law firm. And next thing you know, they're introducing two lesbians. And the next thing you know, they're having lesbian sex. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck? You know, and I told Randall, I can't watch this show now, which really sucks because it's a good show, except for that. I'm like, really? But I mean, I used to watch General Hospital all the time. I mean, just let's just say Luke and Laura people, you know, you guys get it. You know, way back in the day, Luke and Laura was the big thing on General Hospital. Me and my mom got hooked on it. We were watching it when I was in high school. And I told Randall, I said, if they ever introduce a gay character on, on General Hospital, I'm done. I, am now, I have now not watched GH for probably, I don't know, six or seven years, something like that, or five or six years, um, because they finally did. And I'm like... I cannot believe this. The best soap opera ever, which, you know, get, I know that they, they, you know, have illicit adultery and all that. And I, I condemn all that too, but just saying, you get my point that they went ahead and introduced that like it was like so natural and normal. And it's not, it's not, it's not. And I know you're laughing because of that. So, all right. Next slide says the main thing is to talk about gayness until the issue becomes thoroughly tiresome, right? And when we say talk about homosexuality, we mean that. In the early stages of the campaign, the public should not be shocked and repelled by premature exposure to homosexual behavior itself, which means that they would be if they saw it. <sighs> Instead, the imagery of sex per se should be downplayed. While public opinion is one important source of mainstream values, religious training in childhood, is another. Yet two things can be done to confound the homo-hatred of the moderately religious. That's on page 179. We're going to get to this right now. I'm going to take a drink, though. All right, you guys enjoying this? While I take a drink of water here, you guys, I say all you guys in there. All right, so this is, this is the end of the presentation, just so you guys know. It's getting close to the end. But this is where I thought the author began to get a little bit bold here because he's basically talking about, talking about gayness and everything. And then he says, public opinion is one important source of mainstream values. Religious training, on the other hand, in childhood is another. Yet two things can be done to confound the homo-hatred of moderately religious. Note, moderately religious. All right, next, next, next slide. First, here we go, people. First, gays can use talk to muddy the moral waters. Interesting language here. Think about it. Think about it. It's immoral. My heterosexual marriage is not immoral. But anyway, gays can use talk to muddy the moral waters. That is to undercut the rationalizations that, quote, justify, unquote, religious bigotry and to jam some of its psychic rewards. That's, again, no language. That's the technique of jamming where you get those two conflicting feelings and they intentionally put it there. This entails publicizing support by moderate churches and raising serious theological objections to conservative biblical teachings. Drop the mic. Boom. There you go. You don't think Christians and conservative churches are targeted? Here's proof right here. Uh, because they're not publicizing the 
the rejection of conservative churches. They're publicizing the support of the moderate unbiblical churches and raising serious theological objections to conservative biblical teachings. Okay, it goes on to say, it also means exposing the inconsistency and hatred underlying anti-gay doctrines. Note that. Note the language. So basically the authors are saying, well, there's inconsistency because on the one hand, and he didn't state this obviously, but it's implied that, you know, you're a hater if you oppose homosexuality. You're not somebody who loves everybody like God says you should love everybody. Just love your neighbor, you know, because these are believe these are gay people that go to church and you're not loving them and accepting them the way God made them. Um, no, what you are, they are exposing your inconsistency to that belief, uh, which is your underlying hatred because of your anti-gay doctrine. Conservative churches, which pay as much lip service to Christian charity as anybody else, are rendered particularly vulnerable by their callous hypocrisy regarding AIDS sufferers. Now, to be fair to the author, and I'm going to, I am fair, obviously, I'm a fair person. Um, during, when this was written, it was in the mid-80s, which was right after the AIDS epidemic broke out. Now, I happen to know for a fact, because of the work of Stan Monteith, Dr. Stan Monteith, who is now with the Lord. He used to host his own radio show. Um, there is a, a paper out there. I forgot the name of it. I could dig it up somewhere. But there's actually evidence and proof that AIDS was a vaccination that was specifically targeted and given to the gay community. Okay? It did not originate with the gay community. It was actually something developed by the government our government, and it was tested on gay people because, frankly, they wanted to wipe gay people out, okay? Now, that's the truth. You probably have never heard that before unless you've listened to me for years, but that's basically how AIDS was introduced. You know, the media, they were like, oh, it was because of Africa and monkeys in Africa, blah, blah, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. No, the gay community was targeted by the government for extinction through AIDS. In fact, AIDS, as you probably recall, was initially named GRID, Gay-Related Immune Deficiency Syndrome. They didn't want it associated with the gay population, so that's why they renamed it to Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. Um, so anyway, so the point here, though, this guy is saying, well, the church was so scared of, the, of, the, of gays and AIDS that they didn't do anything to help. Well, if you look back 30 years now, uh, you can see how inappropriate and how actually wrong this is because the church is one of the biggest helpers of those uh, who suffer from AIDS. I mean, Rick Warren's church, just as an example, and I'm not a big fan of Rick Warren by any stretch of the imagination, but him and his wife Kay Warren have a specific uh, ministry to the AIDS community all over the world. They educate people. And there are other ministries that actually reach out to those who suffer from AIDS. So, so you may, maybe at the time this was accurately written, but today I don't, I don't think it is. Secondly, it says here, second, gays can undermine the moral authority of homo-hating churches over less fervent adherence by portraying such institutions as antiquated backwaters, badly out of step with the times, and with the latest findings of psychology. Really now? Huh. Well, how would that work? Well, let me see. Hmm. 
1973, the American Psychological Association decided it was going to remove homosexuality as a mental disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and thereby saying that if you are homosexual, you don't suffer from mental disorder anymore, right? So, and of course, the APA has 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 um, fully embraced the, embraced this this whole agenda. Anyway. It goes on to say, well, let me just say this. So much so, the whole psychology movement now, as you guys know, um, with these bills, they won't even allow somebody now underage in so many states who want help with their conflicting same-sex attraction feelings to get help. They're making it illegal in lots of states across the country, and they're trying to ban it wholeheartedly in California. Right now, though, it's tabled, but not for long. So it goes on to say, against the atavistic tug of old-time religion, one must set the mightier pull of science and public opinion, the shield and sword of that accursed secular humanism. Such an unholy alliance has already worked well in America against churches on such topics as divorce and abortion. Yeah, it has. And you know, isn't it interesting how you can just get a divorce nowadays and who cares, whatever. Nobody even blinks an eye. Uh, Christians can get abortions. There's not a whole lot of pushback unless you're my friend past the salt, Dr. or, or Dave, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, you know, and others in the pro-life community. <clears throat> They've worked really good. How'd they do it, you guys? Science and public opinion. Science and public opinion. It has nothing to do with scripture and absolute truth of reality. That's what they've done. And psychology. And they know, as you can see directly from these quotes, they know the truth. They know the truth. That's why they've tried to market it to you. So let's look at that last slide here. So now do you see how homosexuality has been marketed to America? And do you see how the church has been targeted? Because <clears throat> if you don't, just so you know, I failed at this presentation uh, because, because it has been. And you know what, you guys? It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And yet, it doesn't have to if you would be a bearer of the truth. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, first of all, uphold his word and what it says. Uphold who he is and the fact that he is a holy God and he doesn't accept unacceptable behavior. That's why he sent Jesus to die in our place on that cross. You know, to offer us unconditional love and forgiveness of sins if we just repent and accept that message. You know, the devil is trying so hard to silence this particular message. And it will be harder for him to do it if more of us talk about it. And see, that's the trick right there. The gay community has talked about it and 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 talked about it. And the church has gone... What? Did you say something? I don't like that song in the church anymore. I want, I, I hate him. So give me the, the rock and roll worship music. That's my favorite. You know what? That sermon, it's too long. I want a 15-minute sermon. I can't handle a 30-minute one anymore. You know that churches used to give an hour sermon in the olden days? Do you Do you see? Do you see how good the devil is? Don't think he ain't in your church, people. He is. He might be your pastor. Just saying. So, uh, 
So let me just encourage you. Be bold in your faith. Stand up. And don't be ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the gospel of God that is the power of God that can set anybody free from the law of sin and death. You know, God says over and over and over in his word, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And the thing is, <laughs> so much of the church is deceived because they embrace something that God calls unholy. And it breaks his heart, you know. And the worst part is, I mean, this is the worst part, you know. I, I, I have a friend last night I just found out was diagnosed with cancer. Lung cancer, in fact, it was somebody I used to counsel years ago. She was one of my first clients. S saw her for 10 years or something, you know. And we talk about cancer and what a bear it is. That's not the word I want to use, but let's just say I'm trying to be good. Um, you know, and if I had the cure for cancer and I didn't give it to my friend, wouldn't I be kind of mean? I mean, seriously, would, wouldn't I? Who am I? I, I would be evil if I didn't give her the cure to get that treated. So how is it any different with this issue? Right? We have the answer. The answer is the Bible. The answer is Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross, you know, to set us free. That is the answer. He is the answer. He actually says he's the answer. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you not think that homosexuals and their behavior, they're stuck in their sin, they're on their way, they're perishing. We need to give them the hope that they need. And that only hope, that real hope, is only in Christ Jesus. So he has effectively, the devil, has effectively silenced the church by going, oh, no, you can just come in here. We'll just celebrate with you. In fact, we'll change our theology to yours and just forget all about that cross because that's so offensive. Right? I mean, you guys know this. You know, you know what the sad part is? It's even sadder because the consequences of homosexual behavior, it, the ramifications hits everywhere. It's not just that person. It's whoever else they're engaging in that behavior with. It's the medical community. It's your health insurance policy. It's taxes in your state. It's government. It's everywhere. Everywhere. If you don't think that that quote, sin behind closed doors, doesn't impact you, then explain to me the Supreme Court of the United States of America saying that gay marriage is okay. They did a good job. They did a good job. So let me just end this by say, asking you, Will you stand with me in exposing this agenda? By sharing this out, letting people see it. I got, I got four other, uh, four other um, you know, lessons on this on my YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com forward slash Bible News Radio, I have a playlist there, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, Part 1, 2, 3, 4. This will be Part 5. That's five hours of teaching so far. And we're, I'm not even remotely done. I suspect this is going to be like probably 20 hours long at least. But but this is the proof. So will you stand with me and share this out? Facebook refuses to boost some of my posts. I mean, I'm trying to pay to get this out, and they're refusing my money. So there's a kickback in social media. It's not just me. It's other people too. But this is one of the biggest issues. You know, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you. 
you know what? But here's the thing. God told us in the end days that there's going to be a remnant, right? A remnant of his people. And I believe wholeheartedly that we are that remnant. I believe it with everything in me, actually, that we are that remnant. We are the purveyors of truth, justice, and the American way, um, you know, the biblical way. Um, and we don't have to be ashamed of what we believe, you guys. Just saying, we don't. Stop being ashamed of good, you know. God is good, you know. Marriage between one man and one woman is good. Wait until you have sex until you're married is good. Monogamy is good. Just saying, people. You know, the way God created the institution of marriage is good. Don't be ashamed of that. I know the world wants you to be, and you're like, oh, you're an old fogey. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be 50 in almost a month. I'm feeling it. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of that. Just saying, people. I'm not saying. Just saying. And we, as the, as the holders of the truth, the real truth, we have the duty and the privilege to go out there and share it with people and say, you know what? This is good. This, this is you know, this is a better way. Did you wait till you got married? Yes, I did, actually. And so did my husband. I know. Shocking, isn't it? Do I think Mike Pence is gay? I don't think Mike Pence is gay. But anyway, so that, that is my message today. And so, again, I just want to thank all of you guys who are pillars of the community who donate to our show. If you haven't donated yet, please take the time to go to our website. Donate. BibleNewsRadio.com. Um, also we're still, you know, hoping to raise more money for our, uh, prophecy watchers trip to Oklahoma next month. Um, so if you can help contribute to that as well, we're, <laughs> we're, we're not even halfway there yet, but we're, we're getting close, but, um, you know, that would be helpful. So go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give, uh, do me a favor, share this episode and this stuff with your pastor. Okay. Please. You know, hey, say, hey, there's this weird woman with big hair on Bible News Radio. It's her show. Just share the stupid, pre share the presentation. I don't mean stupid, but, but you know what I'm saying. Just, just say, just share it, you know. Actually, I guess my pastor gave me the message to stay out of trouble. Good luck with that. Isn't it interesting, though, Isaiah 520, good is called evil, evil is called good. So I'm the bad guy because I'm telling you the truth. Just so you know, I'm not the bad guy. I'm the good guy who is willing to take it on the chops for the good news. Luis Javier Ruiz, thank you for joining. Let's see if there's any questions over here I missed. All right, you love me? Well, well thank you. You know what? I love the church. I honestly do. So uh, I, I care, so I do it. I don't do it for the money, trust me. Hey, you muted somebody. That's cool. Yeah, and and you know the gay Christian thing. I mean, you can't you can't be gay and Christian. You just can't. I mean, you can you can say you are, but if if you identify as a gay Christian, what you've done is you put a sinful behavior that God calls an abomination above being a little holy Christ, which is what Christian means. It's in completely incompatible. 
Yeah, you might uh, you might have same sex attraction, struggle with that, and be a believer. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're in this flesh, we are tempted by sin, but as as an identity, yeah, that's yeah, it's definitely wrong. It's, this is like you know the the Christian alcoholic or the Christian drug user, the Christian whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's um, you see gay people kiss at your campus all the time. You know, it's sad. It's, it's, you know, it's all that. Marlene, I don't know if you're still in there, but if you are, hi. Uh, thanks for your show. We'll catch the rest. Okay, Don, I know you're not here anymore, but you can catch the rest on the replay. You might have heard that, right, Don? Just so you know, okay. Um, okay, I think, I think there, I don't know if there's any other questions in here. Can you be a pastor as a woman? Um, I would say yes. course there's debate about that but i'm not a pastor i don't say i am a pastor i host a show that's it that's what i do i have a very interesting background as a person <laughs> um but you know what the biggest background is randall this morning he actually we were praying together for the day and you know i was crying because of my friend and just feeling frustrated about some stuff and and one of the things Randall said that I that touched my heart was he would rather have me be a soft, broken-hearted person than somebody with a hard heart. And that's how I feel. God didn't make me a, a mother by natural birth. I don't have children of my own. But I definitely have a mom's heart for the crap that's going on with kids. So, um, and it's our job, honestly, the adults of the world, to protect the kids not hurt kids which is what this agenda does this agenda is child abuse it's sexual child abuse actually and it's indoctrination at the lowest levels even now before they're in kindergarten it's getting ridiculous the most churches say no to a woman being the main pastor well that wasn't the question though the question was do you think a woman can be a pastor i actually do do i think it's best in the church uh, for a female pastor, I don't. Um, but I do think women can pastor women, and I think that that's biblical. I'm not sure I wholeheartedly agree with the senior pastor aspect, but there is some debate on that. Um, anyway, Randall, I've talked the whole time. You want to add a couple of thoughts so I can take a drink? Uh, you didn't stop from taking a drink before. <laughs> this isn't radio, so, well, there's the audio on the uh, podcast format so yeah we don't want to have dead air um i really can't add anything to anything you said it's just um how does it make you feel to know i mean specifically right well i mean it's been i mean it's been obvious to me the the agenda and the tactics you know to have it spelled out you know in, in that book it just confirms what's what's seen and, you know, the section on, you know, seeking not the saved nor the damned, you don't, you know, the, the market is toward the, the, the middle, you know, people that are either, you know, mildly opposed or mildly positive, yeah. you know, whatever it takes. And you went over all that, yeah. you know, to, um, to sway those people, persuade them or propaganda. Yeah. To, so, John says, you seem frustrated right now. Not that you don't have reason to be hanging there. 
relief will be coming. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm, I'm sad, John. That's the truth. I'm just sad. Sad about my friend having cancer, for one. And I'm actually sad that it's difficult to get a really needed message out. Um, you know, because, frankly, because of money. I mean, if I had a gazillion dollars, I would be getting this message out to a lot more people. But when, even when I try to boost the show for two bucks and Facebook won't, like, you know, like, uh, you know, they won't, they won't, like, boost it. Like, I, it's just, it's so frustrating. I can, I, I feel a little bit like an Old Testament prophet, you know, like, a, like one crying out in the wilderness. Hello. You know, this is the way it goes. But I also know that that, that is, um, you know, it's par for the course. It is what it is. Um, you know, it is. I do have to say that my, my dogs have been entertaining me slowly by playing with their squeak toys, squeaking on beat, you know, and all that. So anyway, <laughs> it's been kind of funny actually. Grover, in fact, brought me his favorite toy. This is it right here. You do take on the most difficult and do it with a smile. Love you and bare face. Aw. Well, thank you. There yes, you go. Thank you very much. Also, I got to say, um, Legal Shield, if you guys haven't signed up yet, that would help us out. But it would help you out more. <laughs> so uh, I actually, tomorrow I might have, I, I, I literally found like five massive data breaches yesterday. I didn't mention any of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so, um, but anyway. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, if you're not a member of ID Shield yet, at least get that. I want you to have both, but ID Shield for sure, get it because you want your identity protected. And there's so many data breaches out there, it's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, go to bit.ly forward slash protect me all caps. You can sign up right there on the website. And if for some reason you do try to uh, sign up, then, and if it says you can't sign up, then make sure you let me know so I can sign you up because there might be a way I can do it and you can't. Your little guy needs surgery. Oh, that's not good. Your your little dog. Let's pray for John's little dog. Hold on, Lord, we pray for John's little dog who needs surgery. Father, I love animals, as you know, and uh, obviously John does too. And animal surgery isn't cheap, so uh, we just pray that you would move on the hand of the vets that are going to do it. And that you would let that little guy come through it with flying colors and that he would be healed completely as a result. And uh, we thank you for that in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, I think, is Friday, right? <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, for Free For All Friday. Uh, so join us then. Okay. And be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.